So, was it in a, was it snowing at the time? No, that was part of the problem previously. So, it had been really nice temperatures. Okay. For I don't know a couple of weeks. Yeah. Then they had a shit ton of precipitation, uh, rain, sleet, and freezing rain. Okay. Oh, sweet. And then it snap froze and it dropped down to like four degrees overnight. Okay. So four F. Yeah. And there was like four inches of ice on the road. Oh, shit. Ice. Uh, ice. Like fuck. like a block Gee. of fucking ice all the way for... Have you, You've driven through those two national parks? Oh, uh, yeah. Jasper and... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot. N- I'd say uh-huh. 80% of the road. Okay. Distance-wise, four fuck. inches of ice. On the parkway. Jesus Yeah. Christ. And it was fucking sunny out. Oh, yeah. shit. So you got that nice slick, slick mill over the top. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty sure I was going to put my truck in a ditch full I, of 500 pounds of moose meat. Like, I, no, not now, not I've now. Had s- several driving adventures on the parkway. And there's but, nowhere to go. But, like, there's no turnoff. Yeah. You're just on it. Yeah. For 150K. Yeah. And then, Surprise. And, I mean, we drove when um, back in, so it would have been uh, early, I guess January of, 88 Randy Ratcliffe and I we were you know the 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 alpine side of the wild things climbing team so we had the beautiful Ford Aerostar van um seen those yeah which is I believe meant at the time was mostly for retirees somewhere like in a sunny place (laughs) definitely not made but we left North Conway we drove north we went to um up into Quebec we found the 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 road to get into the Palm d'Or we skied in and climbed that thing and then um, skied back out and then got on the one to drive all the way across Canada to the, to the Canadian Rockies. We were yeah. going to spend five weeks and then we would drive from there down to Smith Rocks, hand the van off to Scott Franklin, um, who was, you know, one of the two sort of rock climbing guys on the climbing team, whatever. And what a badass uh, drive that is. Whoa, it was wicked because they don't allow, like, it's a rear wheel drive van, despite the fact that we had 400 or 500 or 600 pounds of climbing gear and shit in the back of it. It, it would not help. It was pretty terrifying. It was like, I don't know, three and a half, four days of just pretty much white knuckled terror. I it's a, a sick cu- looking I, van though. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. They are. I, I had a couple, I had a couple hours of moments full of four wheel driving Okay. On that road mm. where I wasn't quite in full traction. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you must be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Like, it, it gets pretty. I'm, I'm in a Tacoma with like outdoor knobby tires mm-hmm. yeah. in four wheel drive. And I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Which fuck, doesn't fuck. help on ice. That <laughs> no, makes it not, a you bit know what, worse. You yeah. know what helps on ice? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. True, yeah, yeah. Nothing. You, I mean, spiked S- tires. Stopping and yeah. pulling yeah. over helps. Which, Mark, you can. <laughs> Second, this information. Um, there's nowhere to stop and pull over. It's a two-lane road. Yeah, 
Michael. I mean, with, you, with, you, can, with you a, can pull a bank, off. You can pull off yeah. the road onto the emergency lane, but there's not. There's like there's not, and there's not quite a real e lane. There is, yeah, exactly. And there, but there is, there's you like, know, part way down the parkway, you got to, you know, get past the weeping wall and that kind of thing. But you have the Saskatchewan River crossing where there is like a hotel and a gas station. But that's like yeah. between Banff and Jasper, I, you know, it's Wh- which I one of the yeah I actually pulled in there. And okay. refueled, and there's this Aussie kid that is because it's you know full circle, like they can, yeah, they're the only ones that can pump the gas. Yeah, he comes up to my window and he's like, Hey, mate, how you doing? I'm like, Man, that's shitty out there. And he goes, Yeah, how many cars you seen in the uh, in, in the ditch? And I'm like, More than I thought I would today. All of them. Like, Jesus Christ, he goes, It's hilarious. I'm like, Wow, wow, bro. Well, yeah, <laughs> hilarious is not the word I would use for it. That's well, his, that was his word, and I'm sitting there like, I have half more way to go. Yeah, I, I I need to continue. Therefore, I <laughs> well don't really want. Actually, maybe it is funny. It is kind of funny watching other people fuck up. You, well, because there was nothing. There was no terrible wrecks. Like people were driving fifteen yeah, yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. So they're sliding. So they're, they're sliding, sliding off, off it's, the road. It's not. Yeah. It wasn't like when I was coming from Missoula <laughs> back to Salt Lake. Where there's no where speed limit. The the pass they closed the I-15 corridor mm. into Idaho overnight. Well, when they opened it up the next morning, I think I saw six wrecks, including oh, shit. two 18-wheelers jackknifed off the road yeah. and a propane tanker upside down. Ooh. All, like, all the way. Wow. Like, that was fucking scary. So tell me about your moose trip. You went and got a big-ass moose. I did get a big-ass moose. Actually, yeah. So Trevor, welcome. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about... Yeah, you've had, actually had a couple of successful hunts this year year already i mean this season yeah the fall season i don't or as jay buyer likes to put it there is no end of the season it's year round yeah (laughs) right um (laughs) just depends on what you're hunting um so yeah i went up to british columbia and hunted a moose a big bull moose a canadian moose up there and i was successful i was up there with uh some mutual friends of ours including uh, evan hafer and andy Mm. stump and John nice. Barclow. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, John Dudley. And Dudley's kind of responsible for me doing all of it. Yeah. Um, through Andy introducing me to him. So when I had the opportunity to be told, hey, let's go hunt a moose. I'm like, oh, that sounds expensive. And then I thought about it for maybe a day more. And I'm like, you know what? It's fucking worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Like I can make, I can spend more time to make more money. But saying no to that. In retrospective, was, yeah, would have really sucked because it was an and incredibly good experience. And if you're successful, experience. it's you save money. You do. Uh, I'm um, guessing. I mean, if but you don't know that obviously I, you maybe you call it call it even. Okay, you, you come out about even. Okay, uh, cost of meat wise, but oh. if you get a big one, yeah, right, yeah, 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 you know. Well, yeah, I'm sure you've run the numbers to what thirteen it, like, and change a pound, a pound, yeah. But it's wild, wild grass fed. Well, probably will- some of the best meat <laughs> willow fed. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's still cheaper than Whole Foods. And I killed him. <laughs> yeah. And uh actually so I went up and not everybody was successful. Um uh, mm. some of the guys didn't get a moose, which is it happens. Sure. It, it's hunting, it's not slaughtering or killing. Like people have this misconception that you're just out there schwacking shit. Here's the uh, arrow yeah, star yeah. that we had. Oh shit. <laughs> um and it's an incredible animal. They look like dinosaurs with fur. They're yeah. ridiculous looking. I'm, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of them, Mark. I yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Many of them on the road <laughs> yeah. in in, uh, in Alaska. 
Doing yoga um, poses? <laughs> you know, sometimes... Following interactions with cars? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is the biggest, like, is the biggest constraint finding them? Yes. Okay. And they're not herd animals. Right. So they're a bitch to find. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in ones and twos. And so we go up during what's called a rut, which is their mating season, mm. which is a couple weeks long. It starts about the same time every year, ends about the same time every and year. And let's just say that... Um, animals of any kind who are in the rut so mm-hmm. to speak like pretty dumb trying to get laid they'll engage in all kinds of risky behavior in order yeah, to I mean, achieve just, that objective just think like <laughs> college frat guy yeah on one case of race car beer okay <laughs> that's how stupid they are okay right. perfect Acting. Yeah. yeah so uh after about four days of hunting which is a lot of walking and a lot of calling for moose okay um we had one come in and he ended up being gigantic and it was awesome to see. It's just a cool display of nature to watch, watch what they do. Okay. And it was also hilarious to hear the guide who was looking on binoculars and he was also calling the bull in right when he came out of the woods, the guide goes, Jesus Christ, that's the biggest moose I've ever seen. I'm like, Oh, thanks for the pressure dog. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Fuck. you were with a guide, but the other guys weren't like, how did, did you draw Everybody, straws? Everybody's to, with a guide. Okay. Um, I have been up to the same location for other animals in the okay. past. Um, and this guy has guided me in the past and we get along. Okay. okay. So I was put with him right off. And so it's just you and him. Personality driven. You take the shot. Yeah. But let's say Andy or Evan or whatever, they're with their own guide in some other zone. Way, way far different, away. Different place. Hours okay. Away, okay. Like totally separate. Okay. Yeah. Like we didn't see each other. Like we'd get up at 5 a.m. Okay. Uh, ish. Have breakfast. Take off. Uh, go do stuff until about lunchtime mm-hmm. come back have some lunch go back out stay out till 9 or 10 p.m and is that okay. on purpose yeah. like to cover as much ground as possible or just to be out of each other's way and be out send? of each other's way okay. yeah because those animals can smell real well mm-hmm. and if if you spook one like that or you leave a bunch of human scent all over the place yeah they they sense it and they just fuck off mm. they don't want to be there because there's no reason right and and are they um being something that would be prey for uh, some of the larger furrier creatures that are yeah. there, I'm, I'm guessing that they are uh, a fairly suspicious animal. About. Super. Okay. Um, <laughs> they, and they have a couple nicknames. One of them is Swamp Donkey. Yeah. Uh, another one is like a Forest Ninja or something like that, which is <laughs> it's it's insane to hear, watch, and observe a big bull moose, like a 1,200 pound animal. Walking and making no sound. Literally no sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's dead, dead calm out. And I'm like, that thing's the size of a small car. We can't and hear it. And I'm making more noise than it. And we're mm-hmm. 100 feet away. 100 feet from it. Wow. It, and they'll sneak right up on you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's spooky. insane. It's super spooky that a thing that's that big can yeah. do that. Yeah. What is the, because you mentioned a, a, a couple of things in, in some of your posts when you're talking about it, like the hardship of hunting environment, cold, probably frustrated, all the things that go into something, just being out in nature, it just kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but what is some of the, um, like reward besides the animal, cause it's the goal, mm-hmm. but what are the, some, some of the other things that 
like especially as a photographer are you taking pictures during this or not necessarily while i'm hunting Mm -hmm. um if i'm out helping Mm -hmm. then i'll do it i mean i have it with me so if it comes up i'll take pictures Mm -hmm. but my main objective is doing the hunting correctly Mm. so being quiet Mm -hmm. watching listening smelling whatever has to happen to get to the animal um but some of the payoff for me it's really cool to be learning a skill that there is no mastery of Mm. as well as (laughs) it's a skill that's been person to person like you teaching mm-hmm. us stuff in the space mm-hmm. physically just like that it's been going on person to person being passed tens down. of thousands yeah, of years yeah. it, it's, it's, it's an uninterrupted years. line of here's how to skin a thing yeah here's why you cook this here's why you do this it's really fucking cool to be learning something like that so you're saying if i follow a plant-based diet i can't partake in something that's been going on in humanity for over probably 15,000 years at the very least. <laughs> Wait, l- let me come up with a short well, answer. No. Well, so, and I would say it's not just the <laughs> but, plant-based thing. But, that, but I hang think on, it's hang the, on now. If <laughs> the store-bought thing. But you'll but you'll be a winner or a champion or a game changer. I could changer. be an athletic phenom After without the this. fact. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you just have to rewrite history, but it's okay. That's, that's not like that's never happened before. Um, so... The, I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious though. Mm-hmm. Now, the animal eats the plants. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it is made of meat. Mm-hmm. And then I eat the animal. Am I not like just one step away from the, being a vegetarian? <laughs> like it just just I, uh, just it's actually that one, that one slip up. It's yeah. a little more efficient because it's <laughs> shitting out all the bad stuff. You're just it, getting the good stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting the result of the. Oh yeah. I, I do I have can... a real problem. I mean, because the idea, like, uh, th- there's humans fuck this up. I'll say that for sure. Okay. Like the whole meat eating process yes. has been completely overwritten and corrupted by yeah. people trying to make a profit. Right. We were talking about industrialization earlier. Yeah. Actually, yeah, and I think this is. I think it's part of the a yeah, bad thing. Yeah. I think profit is a bad incentive. Is what I said in the office. I think it's the worst incentive that you can. And it's have. why I got into hunting was yeah. to stay out of the industrialized right. farming. Okay. Yeah. And most people don't do that, including myself. I haven't yeah. gone down that road yet, but I've started to become more aware about what's going on uh, for the past couple of years, and like where, yeah. and then started to source better sources of food, um, as opposed to. But that's the first step. The Smith's cellophane chicken, or whatever the the thing is, and it, there's Ch- something chicken terrible about that whole <laughs> yeah quote unquote chicken. I'm, I'm putting quotes up. <laughs> it is. And, and I, 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 there's something really bad about what humans have come to in order to not think about food, but we're missing something by not ta- like not thinking about food, I think. Yeah, and we're not just missing a nutrition or a, call it, I'm putting quotes up, tribal environment. You're also missing a connection to that literal circle of life. Like, mm-hmm. that's a thing, now it's dead. Here's what death looks like. And here's what we do with a dead thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it puts you closer to your own mortality, understanding that this thing's built a lot like me and I'm choosing to do this to it. It could have had this happen regardless from some other thing. Yeah, sure. And it's a really cool process to be part of. And it's not the, where most people come to the the food sourcing, they're trying, especially w- with arguments for or against any kind of diet, they're very like, 
molecular and materialistic like oh you can replace this nutrient with this nutrient and yep. oh it's enough protein i don't care about that i think there is some there's something non-material about the experience of sourcing your own food of finding your place in the world yeah. of where you fit into the big picture of oh man that thing eats that thing and i eat it and then something eats me well and then there's <laughs> there's wild statistics out there like the average hunter shares their kill mm harvest, whatever you want to call it, with seven or more friends or family. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people that you're feeding mm -hmm. yeah. from something you've partaken in, right? And then they know that you did that, mm -hmm. as opposed to how many people can say that most of their meals that they have, they're sharing with seven other people that they bought at the grocery store. Well, just, it's just, it's just, just those, not, they, like, don't, they don't need to do it. During no. the holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it is kind of with a, a turkey. Well, yeah, more, more, more air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. In a in a time when we're like people are searching for connectedness or reasons to like be around other people, we usually go to the bad ones, yeah. like parties or nights out or just social gatherings that are based on consumption and wasting things. There's something really cool about the concept of hey, I worked really hard to get this thing. Yeah, and it was very rewarding you know, personally. And it will be even, even more rewarding for me to yeah. be able to share sure. it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, you guys will get cuts, but mm -hmm. I've been handing stuff out yeah. because yeah. there will be more mm -hmm. and it's, it's a cool thing to be able to do. I butchered the whole thing too. So, that, I mean, that took two days. So that was a learning experience. No shit. Yeah. I would never volunteer to do that for another person. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. It's Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So 800 you, and something pounds worth oh, of quarters that I was deboning. Whoa. Yeah, so I was moving like 200-ish pound quarters. What's the situation um, where you're doing that? What's the process look yeah, like? Well, no, no, Where? what's the location more more than anything? At the camp. So, okay, uh, so like, at the camp on like a tarp? Uh, no, cabin's or? about the size of this room-ish is okay. what we're staying in. And then yeah. next to it, we have like a meat room that's about like this. It's cooler. Um, and then I had- Drain a, hole I, in the floor, that kind of, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, I, no, I, no, I mean, no, no, no like, shit. It's, it's like a meat it's, locker. It's, you know, stuff's hanging. Okay. Um, and then outside, because it was about freezing out, Yeah. Um, I had my Yeti cooler, mm -hmm. which is like, mm -hmm. I don't know, a little taller than the table that's in front of me. So yeah. three-ish, three and a half feet high. Okay. Um, by about four and a half feet long. And I was okay. just butchering on top of that. I was using okay. it as a table. Literally just like- Wow. Yeah. Flipping, uh, you know, a ham hock. Mm -hmm. but dinosaur size but dinosaur size yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how many times did you have to sharpen your knife a shit ton yeah a I shit bet. ton yeah and i was going through is that a tour knife one i was using one of those yeah. and then i also had uh, a havalon and a outdoor edge they're like replaceable scalpel looking oh yeah, knives. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay um, so that you can just like quick change yeah uh, you sharpen those too but and then as i was getting deeper into the butchery of the animal, I was using a fillet knife too to like mm -hmm. slice off silver skin and all sorts of other stuff. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do the whole animal because I've never done it before. Yeah, I'm not a butcher, but I knew by the end of butchering a whole moose You'd that be... I would have a reasonable understanding of how this <laughs> would process would look like. Yeah, for anything else, and nothing would compare. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Like in oh, this is going to be shitty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I've done the shittiest. <laughs> You've done the shittiest, like, like the most difficult yeah, one. The grunt work, precisely. That, okay. Yeah. How, um, like from, you haven't been doing this very long. Two years, two and a half years. And at what point were you confident enough? And you're using a bow, not a rifle. Yeah. Uh, which is exponentially different. 
I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say different harder because yeah. I don't understand it really. Yeah. I just understand that an arrow doesn't go as far as a bullet. Therefore, yeah. you have to be closer, which means you have to be quieter. Which means it, it just makes it exponentially more difficult. It's like a 10x. Okay. In the opposing direction to a rifle. Okay. You know, okay. Like a 10 like yard shot's like a hundred yard shot. How long did it take oh, okay. you of ju- and we'll just take your previous profession out of this and understanding <laughs> like you know logistically how to aim and shoot mm-hmm. but how long did it take you till you're like okay i think i could hit an animal and kill it so um i got handed a bow by dudley and he gave me instructions on how to practice mm-hmm. and then coming from the profession i used to have i was an idiot and i'm like well more reps is better oh. so i did too many and <laughs> then i got tendonitis oh shit um, <laughs> it t- and i had <laughs> yeah i had six weeks of lead time before i Killed a bear, mm. a black bear. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's not that's not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, why is this one of the hard? It is one of the hardest things to get into. Archery? No, no. I just mean hunting in general. You right? know, like, I, I think it's there, a steep I think Now there's a well. There's also a social barrier. Yeah, yeah. You know, for some reason, it's, I think it's partly that connection to the mortality of another thing that you are incurring your fucking wrath on, or you know, your human. I'm in chargeness to. Yeah, it's a, like trying to get into the profession of being like a mortician or, or something. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'd really like to do that job. And people are like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah. Well, people keep dying. <laughs> it seems like it's an unending yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, like, it's true. It's, it's a really good business model. It's I really promise. sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a growing group of archery hunters because mm-hmm. I think people want to put the work in to get their own mm-hmm. meat because they're trying to come at it from the direction that I'm understanding it, which is I want to eat as much meat as I want to eat, period. I don't care how you feel about that. Mm. I feel deeply about the fact that I was doing that eating factory farmed Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, I would rather put the effort, because I have the door open, of killing the thing myself and bringing it to the table. And I think some people are trying to do that. Yeah. To be a little bit more conscious about it. And let's just say bow versus firearm mm-hmm. versus spear. Yeah. Um, versus atlatl. Yeah, atlatl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, atlatl. Okay. There, uh, so let's just, <laughs> yeah. we want to put, I want to put, yeah. I just had to say some, something like that to put the bow in a, you mm-hmm. know, in a uh, sort of hierarchy, let's mm-hmm. say, that um, is. The choice of the bow, because is it an ethic, ethical thing, like more fair? And yeah, if for it, me, yeah. Okay. Um, that's, it's super personal, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So coming, coming from being a team guy for nine years, the amount of rounds I put down range yeah. on, on so many weapon systems, my comfort level was so yeah. high with a rifle yeah. that I, I was just like, this just... And the goal is to make it as unfair as possible, asymmetrically fair. Yes. Like I want all the technology, all the support, all the data, all the, you know, the best weapons because I mean, they're shooting back. And then with archery, like you, it's cool because now with compound bows, they're, they're super ethical weapons. Okay. Most people that hit an animal with a bow end up recovering the animal. There are more Mm. unrecovered animals and it's not, it's not a high number with rifles than there are with bows. That okay. makes a lot of sense, actually. It's, it's, it's a big yeah. knife-cutting edge that leaves a huge gaping wound in the thing. It, yeah, you're yeah. going to kill it, yeah. right? So for me... so as long, and, and 
depending on the animal, I guess, and you know the, the thickness mm-hmm. and the size uh, is and the distance you're shooting from. So the velocity, because yep. it'll it'll fall off the further away. Yeah, it's carrying. It's, it's carrying. I mean, it's like a 600 grain projectile. Okay. So it's that energy, these, that energy dissipates really quickly. Are these through and through shots? A lot of them inside of the 20, 30 yard, as yeah. long as you're not hitting a bone. Okay. Um, especially in an animal. W- once you get up to like elk and moose. Yeah. Um, you might go through the front, like the first side, yeah. say a rib or something. Okay. Now you're losing a, a lot of, a lot of energy. Yeah. So if you hit another rib on the backside, it's stopping. Okay. Um, which it, oddly enough, that's a good thing. So okay. if you bury it in a shoulder blade yeah. on the opposing side yeah, and it bu- gets bumped out into the chest cavity, that blade is just spinning circles. Okay. You know, like a, like a swisher. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to kill that thing really fast. Um, and but the, the, outside the, the, of 50 the, yards on a big animal, it's just going to thump in and it, they get, they'll, they'll bury, but okay. the chances are you're going to hit a bone or something on the opposite side. Okay. And the, and the, the unrecovered, mm-hmm. um, statistic there with firearm versus survive, is that a lot to do with distance? Uh, no, it, it's a lot to the, do with entry, exit, um, Bullet path, wound channel. Okay, so the the, the, the it, animal's gonna it's a biology exsanguinate, thing. let's yeah. say, mm-hmm. bleed out, but um, from the bow a, a, a lot faster. Yeah, and a lot of these animals are, are like a big ant, you know, like a big like an elk or a moose yeah. or a caribou or or a bear. Right, they're tough. You know, they get yeah. beat up their whole lives. Well, they're made out of leather. They're they're made out of leather. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a mo- the, so the moose had the moose had like oh. A, almost three quarter inch skin in some spots, oh, right? Whoa. It's thick, yeah. right? They're yeah. out there in, you know, yeah. sub freezing temps all the yeah. time outside. Um, but those big animals are tough. And unless you create a big wound channel, so like with a rifle, right? Yeah. Especially these super high powered, like laser beam rifles yeah, now. Yeah. Okay. Man, those damn things are just like going right through stuff. And it's just, it's making a little hole. Yeah. 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 Like a seven mm or something. Yeah. It's a, it's a laser, um, which I mean, I've, put things down with a seven mm it you can do it if you hit it correctly okay mm. but if you don't if it's not perfect or just right you might zip right through that and it'll just miss right and you, yeah. you know it's it's smaller than your pinky yeah now with a, a broad head it's either a fixed head which has like three or mm. or four or two blades mm-hmm. but they're big and heavy yeah and they spin as they go in or it's a mechanical and they open up two, two and a half inches wide. Oh, That's a I big see. wound channel. You know, like, wow. Okay. Sh- like I shot yeah. a bear with a, with a mechanical broadhead and the backside looked like the exit wound for a 300 blackout. Oh shit! It was the size of a softball. Oh my. Yeah. The thing died in 15 feet. I mean, you sliced it in two, like yeah. sliced yeah. its heart in two. Wow. Yeah. All okay. Right. It's yeah. different than what I thought it would be. Yeah, same here. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some, I, I, I have no uh, capacity to imagine. Yeah, you know, because yeah. there's there's no yeah zero reference. Other, yeah. I mean, I did have. So so as long as you're smart, mm-hmm. practice a lot, have the right equipment. Yeah, and you take ethical shots. Mm-hmm. Your chances of getting an animal with a bow when you have an opportunity are very high. Yeah. Okay. You'll have more chances with a rifle. You might not have more hits and completed actions. Okay. A more yeah. Yeah. You you know. I, I for for a vast number of reasons. Yeah. 
It's, makes a, a lot it's interesting because it, the stereotype that the two the stereotypes of different hunters that I have of you know the you know going to horse camp yeah yeah you know I'm gonna go around on my razor or whatever or <laughs> and then it, 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 whatever that's that's the, the one thing but then I know some climbers that live in Colorado that that got into hunting mm. and they would they're just like well we can get to terrain on foot that other people can't get to yep yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. actually tough enough to pack that shit out yeah um and one of those guys he went from you know your sort of standard high powered rifle to a black powder rifle to now he's hunting with a bow and, and, okay that, that and, seems and, to be the standard progression for yeah, guys yeah. to end up at unless yeah. they start early 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 yeah. as a bow hunter okay um, the barrier to entry is so it's such an awkwardly shaped piece of equipment that you've never had in your hands. But I'll tell you something that, uh, Jeff Shapiro, who I stayed at his house in Missoula on the way home, he's like, man, I don't know if it's because that's a guy who jumps, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's a falconer. Yeah. 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 yeah Super okay. cool guy. Um, he's like, I don't know what it is. Like maybe it's just in our genes, but carrying a bow through the woods and being quiet and tracking something just feels right. <laughs> and it fucking does. <laughs> Whether it's a stick and string, yeah. which I haven't done yet, mm-hmm. or compound bow. So, just, so what is the progression then? Like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's, you, you know, to make it more and more fair. So the compound bow, obviously you're, well, it's, you, it's going to be a it cleaner. Becomes, it turns into a game, right? It's like, all right, how unfair do I want to make this for me? Right. Sure. As well as where's your, where's your ethical line? Okay. Right. So if you start shooting a longbow or a recurve, yeah. somebody's going to bitch about this, but like you really shouldn't be taking shots and people don't outside of like 17 to 20 yards. Period. Okay. That's like a long ass shot. Now with a compound bow, a long ass shot's like a hundred ish yards. Oh, okay. So it's just, psh, well, there's, the there's fight. more KE behind yeah. the thing. Yeah. I mean, they're going faster. It's a more consistent arrow flight. Yeah, makes you sense. can aim a little better. Now with the recurve, like you're pulling back a little bit from that. And then with a yeah. longbow, it's even further. Right. You know, and the barrier there is practice time. Mm. Guys that are good recurve shooters mm-hmm. and good longbow shooters are practicing every fucking day for hours. Yeah. You have to put a shit ton of rounds on range. You just do. Yeah. Cause you're aiming with guesswork. Essentially. I think they, okay. call, they sure. call it uh, like reflexive shooting. Okay. You know, there's no sight. Yeah. yeah. It's just stick, pointy stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pull Let the go. string. The yeah, end. Yeah. The like end. That's... Yeah. Good luck. You know, with a compound bow, it's much different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. See, I had this thing in my head at some point where, I mean, and, in, in, uh, you know, one of uh, my military friends, he'd, he'd be home for periods of time and need to feel something, mm-hmm. you know, need to like get the, get the skills and he'd go hunting these big, big boars in texas yeah but with a with a pistol um (laughs) and after one this one i don't know it was like i think i might have showed you pictures of that one yeah yeah Yeah, that that and his comment was here yeah it sucked up an entire mag of 45 (laughs) (laughs) it's like you're out there with a 45 pigs are tough (laughs) yeah and and this was that was a that was a big ass pig but but obviously it was like you know i could do it another way with more technology or i could do it with less it's not like you know he hadn't I don't know if he ever used a bow or whatever, but I was thinking like, okay, we start to um, try and make it. Yeah. How are you, how, how are you going to make it unfair for yourself or how, how do you, what kind of experience do you want to have? 
And so yeah. I'm thinking, okay, so you go from the compound bow to maybe a recurve to maybe, you know, a long bow. And then the next thing, are if, you, if are that's you, a path you want to take. Okay. You know, and, and then you're dealing well, with Well, I'm not like, saying it's mandatory. I'm just yeah. like, okay, what, yeah. what if you, you know, you go out and you're just like, man, there, I just have. guys that I, jump on shit with spears. I was going to okay. say. So there's a dude yeah. out there that does it. Okay. Yeah. So that was. Yes. Which brings me to my next question. What's, is, is, is a, <clears throat> what's the uniform for hunting with a spear? Is it a loincloth? I don't for know. For sure. <laughs> and, <laughs> about that. and if you're going to go out with a spear, is there a season or is if, if you're putting it, if you're yeah. like skewing it in favor of the animal to that extent, can you go out year round? So here's the thing like, is actually yeah. it's the opposite. <laughs> okay. Which is hunting is so highly regulated that I think a lot of places don't allow you to do that. Well, I would think not. Yeah. Because it's not ethical. Yeah. They think people are just going to be out there Poking throwing animals. shit at animals. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Just like, woo! And, so what is the, the regulation right, is real. The regulation is a very strange thing to me. Like, I understand it. There's a bunch of fucked up people. Like, we're basically, regulation has its purpose, yes. and that's because humans are stupid. Exist. Yes. Um, <laughs> exist and are stupid. But there's this very, <laughs> yeah. like, King Charles feel to it, like, the deer on the land are mine and you're like it, it gets yeah. very fucking strange for a lot of places yeah. uh but north america has the best game management on the planet yeah yeah for sure so we're doing and something right it's as good as it can yeah and they, they've i mean logically restructured to rebuild a lot of species better than they were even 100 years ago yeah, like elk population. some of them went yeah. from the brink of extinction yeah i mean um was that elk from, elk was, almost, elk yeah. was yeah. uh let's see grizzly bear yeah. Know, a lot of places are now reintroduced. Buffalo and bison. Buffalo, yeah. bison, we're down to like under a thousand. Yeah. What would it be like? Compound bow hunting the bison. Well, um, there's a mod. I mean, Howard Hill did it with a longbow. Okay. Like 80 Whoa. years ago from a horseback. Jesus Christ. So j- just because he was curious. He's like, what was yeah. this What was this like for the for, for yeah. Plains Indians yeah. to to hunt these damn things with yeah. with a bow yeah you know like how does this work um there's a there's a pretty good number of bow hunters that have hunted bison with bows okay yeah um just everything like, from long bows to compound bows i mean they're 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 huge yeah. right? yeah but they're not like dinosaur huge like they're as big as a moose yeah you know they're a little they're a little bigger yeah you know but it, no bigger than an alaskan moose mm. and the yukons are 2,000 pounds 2,200 pounds mm. i've only been chased by bison <laughs> <laughs> and you know and getting into my little toyota tacoma moose are angry like, too yeah and yeah. whenever i've run across moose here in the wasatch i mean because mm-hmm. you, you get up on them sometimes mm-hmm. without you know, <laughs> everyone's surprised mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that not them yeah they heard you just realize like as they turn and look down at you from 10 feet up yeah yeah what, yeah. Are, you, what are you doing here and it's a it's like all right we need to go a 180 degrees in the opposite direction yeah because um, yeah, they get ornery, especially certain times of year. It seems they've run into a couple. Yeah, about now. Well, rut's over, but yeah, now in spring when and they have calves. Spring I when would, they have calves. Yeah, and people I would be more afraid. Now yes. people have these like fears of bear and mountain lion and shit. Top of my list is a cow moose with a calf. Yeah, I would want no fucking part of that. That's a nine hundred yeah. pound animal with a baby. It has a brain that's been there since the ice age. They don't give a shit. 
they yeah. will just stomp you to death. <laughs> it's a and brutal way to I go. I promise you. But it'll be quiet. I don't know. They'll be very no, quiet no, no. about it. Their, their hooves are like tea, <laughs> like tea saucers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wop, wop, wop. So I, I, did, did you guys see that video of the circus bear mauling the Russian yes. circus performer? Fucking <laughs> rock on. I have a major problem with zoos for entertainment. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No problem with some of the side work that they do, like like SeaWorld. I thought it was super shitty mm -hmm. that some of their that all of their shit mm -hmm. has been affected by was it uh, Blackfin? Mm -hmm. Because they're doing some really good marine biology recovery work on the side of it. On the well, as a the biggest part. I mean, it's not their money maker, but it's shitty that people were like, "Oh yeah, fuck the zoo," like, bro. They're also saving fucking dolphins and shit. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's never, you can it's have never, your pie yeah. and eat it too. Yeah. Like for some of these organizations, or, they like, yeah, they shouldn't have orcas in captivity. Just like you shouldn't have lions, tigers and bears. Yeah. You can be a dick and you can still give to charity. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's still a thing. Like let's think about the greater good here. Is yeah. the greater good the, the two orcas that you can't well, release into the wild? Because they've yeah. been there since they were born? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, I wonder about, and again, <laughs> like, this is, is back it? to the profit's a terrible incentive. <laughs> yeah. It really, it's horrible. Like, in almost every circumstance, like people do the worst thing that they possibly can. And this is a, it kind of, we were talking Except about vegans. it. <laughs> there, There's only no profit. altruistic. There's no profit in being vegan. <laughs> we're, uh, well, they, they just take love and coupons, I think. <laughs> I've I've never met a vegan that's been vegans. all about love. It's like the opposite. They're usually the biggest assholes. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're reform. It's like, it's like a born again. <laughs> Name the religion. Try, well, trying to make up for you know the previous life of what yeah. they think is bad. Well, we were we were talking about these experiences because we've been traveling and doing weird shit, and I've seen you going camping and I like hunting. Weird and, shit. Well, and the, <laughs> the reason is like I think, especially after the last symposium and the drain, it like the energy was just yeah. you kind of have to go do these things to rebuild yourself, even though you're exhausted. It's a hard, some of the hardest thing to do yeah. is to leave and go be miserable and you know do whatever. But you come back and you're like. I just had an experience that can inform what I need to do next. And I, like, yeah, that was worth the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was a thing that you got to go do mm -hmm. to pour yourself into. And it sucked at the time. And on the back end, you're like, I want to do that again. Mm -hmm. It's hard to go do though. Each time it's hard to drag myself out of the house, drive, you know, 500 miles in a weird direction not be comfortable with food, not be comfortable with the sleep setting and then go have an experience that will inform what I do when I'm comfortable. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's necessary and I think we lose track of that often. Hunting is a great way to do it because there's a bunch of other things involved into it. Yeah. Um, like food sourcing and, and, it, <laughs> and it can be its own reward. Yeah. Even if you don't get an animal. Even if you don't get an animal. Yeah. Do you do you feel that like when you come back after you rest, obviously recover? Do you feel like hyper creative, uh, it, like in ebb and flow with leaving for a trip, having the experience, coming back, and feeling an uptick? I don't know. I think I feel more satisfied with my place on the planet. 
not necessarily more or less creative. I do feel really creative when I'm up there. Like I, cause it's situations that I'm not in mm. every day, all day, all the time. Yeah. And it's cool to be able to go to these camps with people that I don't necessarily see all the time. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of like refilling the cup with new ideas and different thoughts and, I mean, that's what people are meant to be doing anyways. Like we're social creatures, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's good to have a little bit of social intermingling that doesn't go on all the time. Yeah. And especially people that I'm not used to being around. Yeah. And like, I think in, like good in, friends, but yeah. not necessarily your family of friends. And also in an environment that's, um, hard. That's difficult. And that, yeah. that, that forms that helps to form stronger bonds between yeah. the, the the individuals, I think this is. Yeah, you went out to the desert and slept on the <laughs> ground. Slept on the ground, yeah. I, I mean, it's not as it, harsh, but, but, but yeah. And obviously, in the past, things were harsher, but mm-hmm. um, and it was and it was a, yeah. But I wasn't hunting anything other than you know part of it was social exchange. Yeah, yeah. Um, but which. Um, but a lot, of, but a, the biggest part of it for me was especially, I mean, especially after the, the symposium and what sort of what that cost and some things leading up to it, where there was a lot of visitors coming through town. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> where those couple of weeks, I felt like there's somebody new every day here. It, yeah. Like, oh, and, hi, I don't know. You. Was, exactly. <laughs> and we was, didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're here for how long? <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, it could. It, it could be anything, you know, just an individual, you know, coming through or whatever mm-hmm. that, um, but the, the symposium in the week afterwards, um, where, you know, people hung out for a, a bit longer and then Scott came to town and mm-hmm. this and that. And then, and there was a, yeah, I found it pr- pretty darn draining and actually, and I needed some time by myself, Yeah, mm-hmm. which, you know, and I don't mind, uh, I, I like driving and, uh, me too. Um, Especially driving through areas that either I haven't been in a really long time or have never been, mm. and uh, having the, the schedule where like, oh, there's this dirt road. I wonder where that goes. Yeah, you know, is it? <laughs> you take a quick um, glance at the gas tank, and you're like, I'll be good. Uh, uh, yeah, I got really close uh, in in Nevada on the way home. Um, <laughs> That's why I always carry the uh, the oh shit spare little two galloner. Okay, yeah, I, I, I that that's the, more of a truck thing. I'm the, uh, driving a through this big. <laughs> yeah, I mean I know it no. takes like I know the two gallon tank takes up like eighty five percent of the storage in an Audi, but yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then if it leaks, you know the whole car smells like because there's not really any place to put it. But um, roof, yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> that look hilarious. That that would look <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but ju- just being on and being on a schedule that where I can go look down that road or I can go, you know, the light's good. I want to be, I want to be driving towards something. I want to be there, you know, because uh, I, I know what this looks like. I need to be there about an hour before the sun goes down or, yeah. you know, yeah. something, something like, like that. Just the only prerogative you know, is to enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, go to a place like I hadn't, I hadn't been to Joshua Tree since fucking mid 90s or something probably That's probably the last time i was there i, was, I think i was 11 last time i was in joshua there are a yeah. lot more people there 
I, yeah, I was right. I was holy blown shit. away. I, 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 you know, the I left here and went down to Nevada and slept somewhere in the Mojave on the way down and woke up, shot some pictures, got, you know, eventually got to Joshua Tree the next day and drove around. I came in from the north, but um, actually drove around through Desert Hot Springs and stuff to, so I could actually go get off the off the 10 and drive through the park from south to north mm-hmm. just to re- try and remember, uh, you know, what it was like. It's a shitty little road. It is kind of a shitty, off. shitty, yeah. It gets washed out every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, but it was, uh, I, and I just thought, oh, I'll just find a, Spot I'll sleep in the park tonight. Hmm. I'll find a camping spot. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Negative. Not gonna fucking, yeah. yeah, exactly. I've, I've done that twice now. Yeah. And uh there or just there. there. Yeah. And the key now is just sleep on BLM land right on the yeah. edge. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah. I, the, I or, was or forest service. I was kinda shocked how many people were in Joshua Tree, but I was also thoroughly impressed that most of them were doing something. Yes, there was Active a to some yeah. Degree. There was a very large oh. number of climbers and even right. hiker people actually moving around. Joshua Tree's not like say Yellowstone where it's like stop here, take yeah, yeah, pictures, yeah, exactly. stop here. T-. It's like you but gotta Moab, have something to do. Moab, you're like get in a jeep and drive around, and like yeah. there's a lot of inactivity that happens for such an outdoor Arches. place. Arches, yeah, same, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was impressed with Joshua Tree. And, yeah, yeah, and after like. Got back from that trip. We were here for a few days, and then took off again. And we um, we were in Moab for a day, and it was. And I don't think it was another one of those like festivals of four wheeling yeah. that happens earlier in the year during Safari, Jeep Week Jeep or Safari, whatever. Yeah. Um, it, I don't think it was that I think Jeep Week's in November. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember which, which yeah. time, but I don't think there was an organized thing necessarily. But God, there was a ton of side by side razor type things yeah. and jeeps and that. Um, out and about, and I mean, you can always find a place where there aren't people, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't it actually doesn't take, m- especially mu- in Moab. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take much. Take, take They're much. not; they haven't made any significantly new roads there. Yeah, but they, even they, like they paved roads, there was, they haven't made new roads. Yeah, there, I mean, there was one car um, yeah. at parts of the mouth of Day Canyon. Oh, yeah, which is about normal, and that would that be place like is rad. Th- that beam a place. To like if okay, if it's a super busy time, somewhere that you know, it's also like the coolest temperature wise. Yeah, spot in in Moab probably for most of the year. For most of the year, yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, um, it's just like how it's faced. Doesn't there's no sunlight in there, and it's so exposure. tight. Yeah, super tight, it's and then super tight, and yeah. then we went hundred yards across, maybe like at, at the opening, at and, the opening or, and then it's just yeah, hmm. very cool place. Yeah, and then we went out. Sand flats a ways, you know, past the yeah the mayhem. Again, I parked in a parking lot where there was nobody that time, and yeah. you know, went for a hike. And um, and it it's it is strange that that is available, but the more common experience there seems to be related to motor vehicles. Yeah, partially that's because it's, it's you know easy. obviously that doesn't happen in arches, but yeah. partially it's because you know, the, the land around is multi-use and it's yeah. kind of wide yeah. open. Whereas Joshua tree, it's a national park. Yeah. Yep. And you know, that it, you know, things are protected as they should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, you know, in, in an area designated as such. I mean, it's, the, it's the shitty part of being part of that experience, but it's also the cool part of, yeah. of land like that. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, part of it is it, it, one of the interesting things. So I went out to see Jason because um, he's they're shooting a movie out there um, that he had written this script, and it's oh. a this thing called the Last Man Hunt, and it's and I think it might have um, 
been made into a movie before and I don't know the story exactly but but um, they'd been shooting in some places around Joshua Tree and then and then uh, I learned that there are some private inholdings mm-hmm. within the park people who refuse to give out their land when you know the feds try to nationalize it um, and there's a couple of five acre plots that are pretty close to Hidden Valley oh wow. um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. And so they were filming on that land that makes because sense. they could just based on the shape of the park. Like there's like, oh, why is that like that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or but you would th- these are fully inside the park. They're surrounded by parkland on yeah. all sides. There's That's like, what I mean. No, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, and I don't know how many more of those things there are. I mean, I just went to the one spot where they were filming. There's a plot that's owned by some film movie. T- you know, guy, and then this one is some guy who's just like, "Ah, oh, fuck the feds! I'm never gonna sell." You know, and uh, like, um, thanks. And and, and, <laughs> the, and the park service, it was a you know, it's a big bureaucratic battle to try and like be able to film on you know because it's a it's a good sized crew. There's gonna be a good you know yeah. footprint. There's gonna be some in and out in you know damage to the yep. you know just with that putting that number of people, and they have to you have to actually drive through the park or walk down these dirt roads or yeah. whatever to get to this private land. And there was a the day that I was there, um, you know, there's a national park you know escort uh, sort of thing, and you know naturalist, and then you get the lecture about the tortoises and and you know taking care of the land as you should. Um, but it's pretty funny because they're you know we're standing there and the one of the rangers is like yeah if you if you're standing here then you know I have jurisdiction and I can tell you what to do but if you take three <laughs> steps that way I can't say fuck all and I'm like I'm going three steps that way in fact I'm going five we did and, that uh, like it was uh, I mean a <laughs> so super bizarre. interesting thing and, and and as you know it was kind of explained um, you know they they were you know tried as hard the parkers tried as hard as it could to keep you know and and it's to protect you know the resource so i get it but um yeah there was a a number of bureaucratic hoops that had to you know go through that uh, that they had to go through be able to to be able to access the private land with uh, within within with with all the stuff and and, you know within the park and um and and it actually i I thought uh from what i saw they were doing actually a pretty darn good job of reducing the amount of impact and getting people to clean up, clean up after themselves and that kind of thing. I think um, by and large people do like, there's a lot of poo poo about how people act in and out of parks and yeah. on public land. But I think by and large it gets treated relatively well for the, um, for the footprint. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm, but, but I could see, you know, and, and I mean, I'm in favor of, you know, the more public land, the, mm-hmm. the my better. opinion, the better. Um, and it, it just as a, Yeah, from you know having grown up there, having you know ex- exploited that public land or taken advantage of it, used it, um, you know much of much of uh, yeah. for much of my life, and um, and I think certain, you know, especially the desert zones, which they're not, you know, yeah, there's there's let's just say rainforest in the Pacific Northwest, the Olympic Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's kind of more difficult to damage in a way. Because it can it can repair yeah, itself. Like it, its better. growth cycle is so. I bet, I bet so there's much some fit. humans that could fuck that up though. Oh, for like, sure. <laughs> oh, some <laughs> no way. <laughs> Come on. There's some industries that could fuck that up. I mean, for yeah. for, for sure. But yeah. but just as far as like yeah. the individual use yeah. or group use or yeah. whatever. Um, like in Mohab. In a, like 
Yeah, but and that stuff doesn't. You like know, the, you, you the crush, chalk marks on potash aren't going away. The, no, you know, no. the bolts that have been drilled—they're not going away. Yeah. The the rubber, the tire marks from not only the mountain bikes, up by but, but, like, but you know, but the all of crawlers. the rock crawlers and that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, those those sorts of things uh, uh, that recovers a lot less mm-hmm. fat. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's slower to recover, and so some of those areas, probably you know, the, the areas where there is you know, huge impact and those and the environments are slow to recover, need more protection yeah. for sure. And, and should be because they are, the, it's unique. I mean, you drive through the park and you go to that fucking Choyo, uh, the Choyo cactus forest. Super rad. Whoa. Like, yeah. okay, this is unique. It's not a fucking amusement park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a national park and, you know, and it's a and it's a harsh environment, and 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 that should be available for generations and generations and generations, um, to, you know, experience, in a one-on-one relationship, and, uh, and and there's more, but and it shouldn't be limited to, those, smaller zones. I mean, I yeah. think areas which are designated as wilderness, which you know, all right, no more development. That's, uh, yeah. How far away do you think we like thing. are legitimately away from a not being able to, I mean, as a species, like of humans, of not being able to hunt our own food, of not being able to like go out into nature, either because we have to completely close it off to human beings in order to preserve it, or like I see it as inevitable. With the current growth rate yeah, of yeah. humanity, yeah. probably within. Like just after our lifetime, I was going to say sixty years. I yeah. think we have about sixty to eighty years before there's not really uh, there's no real humanity. It'll be hyper digital. It'll be something else, uh, and it's a different experience. I'm not saying one is better than the other and trying to like preserve this thing. It's just I think we'll be completely separated from nature. I was like, even the hunting, the the majority of hunting that goes on now is almost insulated from nature. It's RV. It's like bringing your apartments in. Oh, yeah. It's it's you know yeah. using your car to transport the and the that, meat and staying as far away from the hunt as possible. Part of what's cool about being involved in archery hunting is most archery hunters because they have to get so close to the animal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really cognizant of that mm-hmm. noise and all the effects that you have on the creatures that are out there. Because if you blow something out of a draw you might blow that thing into the thing you actually wanted to get and then that'll react to the thing that you blew out of the draw, deer, bird, whatever, and now you can't get your animal as opposed to a rifle hunter, which maybe they wouldn't make that same sort of error, right? So a lot of these guys are driving RVs and uh, razors and whatever. A lot of the archery guys are walking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And already and walking you, out. And, and you're on foot, there's there's less impact than with a motor vehicle or a horse. Yeah. Um, obviously some of those areas you, you know, where like Frank church or someplace like that, where you can only, you know, access by horse, um, which is fine or yeah, exactly. Um, and the, you know, there, there's an argument in some cases, I mean, I, in some cases for like, um, uh, you know, a national park is not an amusement park, but in you know some of those zones, let's let's you know where there uh, is increased traffic, let's mm-hmm. create the infrastructure so that the environment can accommodate that traffic without suffering any damage. Yeah. And if that means paving some of those yeah. trails, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, obviously they shouldn't in all be or 
Yeah, yeah. something. And and I think that it, it, it corresponds, at least for me, you know, it was sort of the outhouse theory of keeping all, you know, you put a toilet there, keep all the shit in one place as yeah. opposed to having people just shit, you know, willy nilly, wherever the fuck they want. Um, and I, and I think, you know, uh, yeah, there, there are national parks that, you know, many national parks that none of us have ever fucking heard of where mm-hmm. everyone's heard of Yellowstone or yeah. Yosemite or places like that. It's like, okay, go there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If that can take the majority of the, you know, the, the impact and the, do, the use do it there. and then, then let's, then, then let's make that as durable or as resilient as possible yeah. using, you know, whatever the means are um, to, to accommodate that traffic. And then that, you know, prevents, other places, Canyonlands, for example, or something that that can't take the yeah. th- that amount of pressure, and that you can't develop necessarily. Um, it takes the pressure off places like that mm-hmm. more. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I would love to see sort of Grand Staircase go back to the. I don't know if the boundary has actually been changed, you know, under Deer Leader or not yet. But it's been that, all over or, the place in the last ten years, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was yeah. a certain size, and then it was expanded, and, and I think it's shrunk, and, and, shrunk and, and, and like yeah, you know that sort of thing. So, and, and I would like to see those areas like, uh, protected in a way that um, you know be protected against sort of a rapacious harvesting mm-hmm. of natural resources for profit. Which takes yeah. us back to the argument that profit's a pretty fucking shitty motive, um, you, you know. And it, it and, and a lot a lot of times, you know, the, the profit motive is inconsistent with conservation, obviously. And I think convenience is sort of the antithesis of, or it's the enemy in a way of climate. Yeah, uh, and there's going to be there's always going to be this yeah. argument between uh, you know uh, conservation and progression. Sure. But progression usually needs to use more resources in order to innovate, to make things easier for humans or make them better or make the overall life experience for most human species needs progression, period. You're like, even if it's basic, like Africa still needs mosquito nets in order to not kill a million people by malaria each year or or like whatever the progression is. And then there's this- GMO'd corn and wheat that- yeah, they, people yeah. are bitching about and hyperchloric it's like, rice it's saving or, people yeah. from starvation. For sure, yeah. The the, the <laughs> GMO on, argument is ridiculous because even a population in the United States, that uh, I think most people don't realize that we don't pay the real cost of things. <laughs> they don't understand like subsidization of grain and uh, like you know our plant based diet that we're actually eating now is largely subsidized by taxpayer money. Like it's it is a, a very socialist. <laughs> system already and and that's because there was you know a few very smart uh, businessmen mm-hmm. that know that the tit is big from the government and if they could just like get their mouth on it they could just suck for half Ever. a century yeah and feed that system and then shit out a poor quality thing um but the real cost of food is, is really fucking expensive. And therefore, oh, yeah. yeah, there's this thing of like, oh, GMO is bad and this is bad and Monsanto. And th- there's all these arguments where you're like, well, it's worth considering that science doesn't always get it right. That it should always be. I mean, the Beyond Meat thing is a perfect example of like, you know, even the, the, the lab meat stuff, which is supposed to be 100% identical to normal meat because we grew these cells in you know, a Petri dish and returned into a burger. There's something that's going to be missing from that. Again, it's yeah. not, it's not a materialistic thing. There's something that happens and I don't Cause, I mean, care look, what you say that it man, is. Like I've eaten wild turkey. Mm-hmm. 
it tastes different than store-bought turkey. It's the same fucking animal. Well, and I'll say this. We're the same animal too. Yeah. But we're not the same thing. No. <laughs> I am shorter than you. Well, <laughs> I have longer hair. Yeah. I, no, have, I, I have more t- gristle than both of you. <laughs> yeah. So there's this experiential thing that you, you can't get. Like there's something yeah. about an animal going out, having its own experience. Yeah. And then be coming back into the system by being part of your meal. And us going back into the earth and becoming part of whatever that next, hopefully it's not a bear meal because that would be a miserable death. But you have to think, and this is a really weird thought, and actually Keegan is the one that brought it up um, when he was here. We we're having a conversation about, you know, different concepts that are maybe seen differently just by how you describe them. And we were talking about how I've been adamantly against the idea of reincarnation, mostly based off of the idea that if I think that there's something after this, I don't respect this experience. This, yeah. That's purely Especially if it. I'm thinking that thing yeah. is going to be better. Exactly. Yeah, it's heaven all the but, time and everything's but, perfect. But that's different that. than reincarnation because you might come back as a chicken. So, and this and is I don't know if that would be necessarily better. Well, so I was You'd thinking... you in the cluck truck. Uh, right. <laughs> if, if reincarnation, the argument, and he brought this up, is like, well, what if we're just conceptually it's different? We think, you know, oh, it's my soul and I'm going to recognize my spirit in another being. But really, fundamentally, it's just your body breaks down and becomes back to the earth and the earth grew you in the first place and it'll just grow something else, whether that's a plant. I mean, no, the, you're just re- the nitrogen you're from my bones is exactly what a weed needs. <laughs> and yeah. you live that cycle and that's exactly what a bug needs. Yeah. And then you live that cycle and it's exactly what a chicken needs and you live that cycle and it's exactly what a human needs. And so you're, you know, whatever part of this planet, you are just part of it. And it recycles that thing. And that that's a reassuring version of reincarnation. Yeah. As in, I'm part of it again. Now I'm now now what I do and I mean, what I affect and you never weren't. No, yeah. I we're only separated by the psyche that thinks that we're better than yeah. or separate from. Or separate from, yeah. Yeah. Not that you're right, Peter. Speciation is not a thing. Well, and this is the argument. It's like people, uh, um, I, I don't understand the ethical argument of trying to remove yourself from a system. Like, oh, no, no, don't touch those animals or don't don't eat them because they think differently or more advanced than other animals. Like the sentience argument for partaking in it as a meal, I think is a convoluted one. It eases our mind to think that a fish is not as important as... It's just a rationalization. Sure, a for bird. The, for emotionality. Less important than a cow. It's like the, the more we can anthropomorphize the animal, the less likely we should eat it. And I don't think that's necessarily true. It, there's like... There's animals that fit in to this cycle of of how we live as as humans, and ruminants fit into that really well, mostly because their meat is and so valuable they to have us. They're nutrient dense. Tens of thousands of years. Yeah, that's the cycle. Yeah, it just and, is. And crickets, although might be tasty to some people, they're and they're a, a high quality, you know, nutrient mm-hmm. to some um, point. There's no real experience with gathering crickets that is quite the same as hunting something. And the, the emotional thing isn't there either. We don't have an emotional connection to insects. We have emotional uh, connection to mammals, no matter, yeah. you know, you can be a sociopath and kind of a shithead and not have an emotional connection. Which is but. why a lot of hunters learn to hunt by hunting turkeys. Ah, birds first, yeah. Yep. Interesting. It's a low emotional connection, yeah. which... You shouldn't have to have that hang up. Like that's that's a purely modern cultural one. 
cultural construct that we've we've put ourselves in this box Mm -hmm. where you're a thing and you get to live this life inside the system that is above slash removed from the other system and we're better than how we were we're we're desperately trying to divulge ourselves or like move ourselves away from being called apes yeah sorry fuckers we're apes yeah we just are that's yeah we're not different than anything else on this planet so because of that people have these very strange anthropomorphized ideas with all these animals well, so turkeys end up being and it's of based off of that, the that target sentience, number right? one you know? yeah or ducks or well it's the and i come back to the the, the reason why it kind of and i've had to shift my thinking on this because i used to think you know sentience was on a spectrum mm-hmm. or you know your conscious experience and we're having the best of it um out of the species that we know of according to how we can measure things but there's something to be said to, to being and it comes back to like we, we think like obviously lamb bear has an experience as a dog there's a dog experience there's a bad experience there's a fly experience there's a fruit fly experience it, it, we get simpler and simpler yeah. until somewhere in there and you're like oh you know a tree has an experience it reacts to its environment it communicates with it its kind yep and it changes and it adapts so there is a sentience there whether you want to admit it or not that might get into some panpsychism stuff but eventually we, most people come to a rock and they're like yeah for sure a rock doesn't have an experience and you're like well hold on except those ones in death valley except the one that we call earth which is a rock yeah and that is having all of the experiences because everything is coming out of that did i just get too hippie for no us? no I'm, <laughs> i liked where that went though i was just like oh yeah. Argue this, bitches. Well, and, yeah. So, and then we go, okay, but that is the fundamental um, result of something, um, energy that was resultant of our star forming. And then you go, okay, our star, <laughs> which is called the sun, S U N, which could be thought of as sun, S O N, of creation. It is the sun of creation. You don't even have to get mythological or 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 um, deity wise. You just go. The sun creates everything that's on this planet. Literally, yeah. It is yeah. the force of creation. So it has an experience because it is creating greater than what we can create. I mean, it's a you know billion year ball of energy that just keeps going, and it's creating this thing, and you're part of it, which is re- you're actually the very tip of it. You're just the, the end point that keeps falling off. It's the life, the energy, the entropy that keeps falling off the edge of what it's actually doing, which is giving a system basically order. Where does um, where does the bench press fit into all this? <laughs> Uh, what's well, energy it's shit entropy is what it is it's, exactly you know you 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 put your energy into the bar and then the chaos that comes out of that is just is, you know torn triceps or whatever. arched back yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the energy that comes out of that is, is expressed on social media and that is obviously you know a, a 
harbinger of the very end. But I do, I do, I do think, yeah, I do think <laughs> fitness does fit into this because when I get like I'm doing like <laughs> I didn't a, mean to just no, like, no, no, because I think it's like this silly little podcast, thing of like so how much energy I can put into something, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I like did a five minute thing, and then I laid on the ground. I'm like, I'm so tired because I'm just fucking put so much energy, energy into it. And, and then you look like up a, and you're like, that was five minutes, and you're like, that fucking star <laughs> has been burning energy for. A billion years, and it's it just blah, 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 or like blah, 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 that one and that one and that one and that one. Yeah. Are, they're already dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For since before the Earth was here. Yeah, and then they're gonna become part of their system. Yeah. So you know, we have the Earth that we fall into, and then the stars. You know, will become massive black holes, and they will become the center of another galaxy. Because basically the center of every galaxy is a black hole and then stuff starts to organize around it and then stars get created through nebula. It's just like a fucking cycle that should blow your mind and probably make you want to partake in some of this stuff as, as part of it. So yeah, I see the energy being part of it rather yeah. than yeah. like it, it feels a lot like the direction that people are aiming in is to become separate from it as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. And it goes back to my insulate versus mm -hmm. integrate. Yeah, argument. Yeah, exactly. And like, and circling back to what you were asking about hunting mm -hmm. and then later talking about creativity. And I was like, hey, I just feel more satisfied. It's because I'm participating in the entirety of the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From the physicality to the emotional, to the social version of how humans hunt mm -hmm. and then coming out of it and a human relationship with the with the environment with the on environment a, on, a, on a very with yeah. with very little between you and it with and, and hopefully none which yeah. is which is why i wanted to butcher the whole thing yeah. yeah i touched like when i give you guys some of this meat it is going to be pieces that i touched mm. yeah because i touched all 500 pounds of that fucking animal that is in my freezer every pound and that 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 thing is a reflection of what you're all part of like the and it's the same thing with what makes me get up off of the ground and continue to like come into the office and write pieces and take pictures is is what i think ultimately is just like going oh well i'm not doing that much like what that bright thing in the fucking sky is doing is insane i should try to copy that and yeah there's some collateral damage that happens from the sun it kills some stuff because it's good yeah it just yeah it needs to feed off of something hydrogen yeah. and, and convert that so it's just constantly you know fusion and you just try to emulate that in your daily life that seems to be um seems to be the answer for me in order to actually what we call motivation or inspiration is just like you're not like you're not creating anything the the in comparison to what you can do yeah the, the, there's things out there that have so much energy and they create so much by accident and it's like if we can just emulate that set up an environment that you put energy into and let things grow accidental fitness yeah, accidental accidental fitness <laughs> Yeah, star fitness. <laughs> Astrophysics. Yeah, we Ooh, just the Astro van. The Astro. The, the, no, it was a, it was a uh, Aerostar. 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 Astro Damn would have been better because they actually made they eventually made an all wheel drive version. Yeah. Of the and that's a cool yeah. purple color that had like <laughs> the orange and yellow pinstripe on it. And it was the, super the bubble windows in the back. Like that was the yeah. Chevy Astro van, right? I believe it was. A, yeah, it is a Chevy. Yeah. 
Astro Fitness. Yeah. And if you're really step. smart, you can put a 350 in there. Give that thing some guts. And a mural on the side. And a, yeah, a galaxy mural. A galaxy <laughs> mural on one side and then like a Man of War album cover on the other side. Yes. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it who, should who be. Who doesn't like fire and guitars? And guitars and dragons. And, and then swords and such. We could start an Instagram called Vans and Sluts. Okay. Just like the trucks and sluts. <laughs> no, it's, it's truck sluts mag. Trust. But, but Van I, sluts. Yeah, Vance, that'd be, and it would be maybe different. Cause that I'd, wormhole, holy I, shit. And I just opened up under the t- abandoned town of Cisco in southern Utah, <laughs> and uh, I fell in, and, and then there were some things I couldn't unsee. It was its own black <laughs> hole, and it created nothing. <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. But there was a lot of energy that went into it. Yeah. It actually sucked up that energy. Impressive and, energy. And probably... Actually. You know, returned some of it, reflected some of that energy back to some of the people who participated. Participated, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like to call everybody a participant. Yeah. Do, do you find like when you? I'm give, an Instagram participant. When you give, people, you know, I tried being um, an influencer, but it didn't work. <laughs> I did. I influenced. You mean a product nobody. prostitute? Did, a product sh- prostitute. Quiet. It's my own creation. Yeah, I like that though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck an insta whore. Yeah. <laughs> It was just the alliteration went. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Instahor has all kinds of weight that comes with it. That's a single word. It's hyphenated. Truncate something. That's fine. Yeah. (laughs) It explains kind of everything. Yeah. I think. Um, Do you, do you feel like when you, when you give people, (laughs) when you share like what, what took you, do you feel Mm -hmm. that changes people's perspective of how they think about their food too? Yeah. And then they start asking more Without judgment, though, on my end. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it does, and usually it does, especially because I get to then relate the experience Mm -hmm. because they ask. Yeah. Usually, or or I've already talked about it with that person. Yeah. Um, It's the same way with a lot of my tattoos are Mm -hmm. not necessarily self-explanatory. They don't just say what they are. Okay. Yeah. And that allows me then to explain the reason creating more of a connection with relating the event mm-hmm. same thing with hunting and giving away the meat they ask why and then they get to have a deeper understanding of what they're about to eat and then maybe project into the future oh maybe i want to do this more get, yeah get stuff or maybe i have a different or, understanding of what i am actually doing on a daily basis yeah because i've been yeah. um Eating, gifted eating this fries. gifted this other perspective yeah that's my favorite part of giving away rays <clears throat> that so to somebody who's unsuspecting yeah and just handing them you know a very heavy book and then being like what is this and they're like ah oh, that's what we worked on it's a thing and they don't it's like man this seems like something more than a hobby and you're like well it's definitely not for profit <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but but it's definitely something more than a hobby and so it's like the weight of that and i like uh, maybe only a couple people will get it out of the people that, you know, unsuspectingly get it as opposed mm-hmm. to the people that purchase it. But the few that do are like kind of blown away about how it came about. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we took time to make this thing. We worked really hard on it. It stands on its own. I don't even know what it is, but it's something that you can literally just like kind of blow somebody's mind with. And I think... Which it is cool. Yeah, yeah. And I think the same thing is like you get a piece of, you know 
backstrap off of a moose or something and it might blow your mind and you might that might be the like yeah, I mean, wait what big. are you doing like how do you get this <laughs> i can't buy this at you know walmart well you you can but it's like a fuzzy stuffed animal <laughs> <laughs> it's a rocky and bullwinkle stuffed it just, animal it, well, yeah and it will not stomp you to death if it catches you <laughs> probably not <laughs> a bad <laughs> moment it's pretty good yeah <laughs> oh, man fuck man i think we hit the the end yeah. yeah. Thank you for yeah. explaining your experience because I yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask but I and wanted then to then we'll talk about what it tastes like later. Later. Yeah. yeah. Cuz I will want yeah. to sort of understand like when we were having the conversation I was just like like I can't I can't I'll have you guys over and cook some and then I'll okay. hand you some frozen stuff. Okay. Oh, that'd be awesome. How's that? Let's yeah, do that. That's great. Yeah. Cuz cuz since, you know, we live in a we don't have a little balcony or we don't have a yard right now cuz we're, you know, living in this old building. Um it's for me all the meat that yeah. it's in a sous vide and then I grill it with a torch afterwards. Come on yes. back. Um, Let's do this. And I presume that I can do that with moose yeah. just as I do with. I mean, you can almost eat it like carpaccio lit, style. Little like lamb. Shave it and freeze it. That's a good idea, actually. Mm. Right on. Well, thanks, Trevor. Yeah. Appreciate it. Always fun. Yeah. Till yeah. next time. Damn right. See you guys.